Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. Today we cover what comes next. We're talking the big topic of movie sequels. I hope you enjoy, and please don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Okay, so I wanted to do a movie-focused episode. Um, We're in the age of the movie franchise, where the movie franchise is king right now. And movie franchises are essentially built up on sequels. So sequels are loaded with tropes and conventions. So I thought it'd be fun to do sort of a broad examination on movie sequels. So with that, I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smithereen. I'm Clifton. So what do we think is the appeal of the movie sequel? I think basically it's the idea that you get to spend more time with characters that you like or enjoy the first time around. I think it's always cool to have, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that was really cool. I enjoyed that. I'll have seconds, please. At least for me. Well, personally, yeah. But as far as studios concerned, cast crap. <laughs> yeah, usually. I mean, that's something that happens a lot of times, too, is that something worked the first time and they think, oh, they cut lightning in a bottle. So therefore, we might as well make another one or 12 of them. Keep cracking sure. them out. All right. Hold that thought, though. So let's, let's keep on with the appeal, though. I'm with okay. you 100%. I think, yeah. You know, we see a movie. Oh, wow. Like those characters are really fun and cool. I want to see more. There's more stories we can do with that. Absolutely. I think that's the big appeal is that we just get, we get more adventures. But that, with that being said, okay, so Tommy, we'll go to you on this one because you were, you were bringing it up a little bit. There is uh, um, sort of a, a, a thought process out there that can, that can, a sequel can instill a negative response in an audience that it can come off as, this thing was profitable, so let's make another one, or let's do more, and let's try and you know squeeze this lemon for everything that it got. So, I will I will turn to you now, so you can you can sort of go with that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cases, I I like to see a story one and done. It's rare that I can see a story extend past the um, of what it really created, unless it's character driven. Those to me are the best sequels when they delve into how uh how they go into like how a character works um, is like, for example, Godfather two. Mm. I like how they delve more into the character because we only got a glimpse of Al Pacino's character, a uh, change in the first one. We, in the second, we, we get to see him in that uh, role or the power struggle. And, and, and as a bonus, we got to see uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character who was originally, um, God, what's his name? I want to say, or- Rando. Yeah, I wanted to Orson Welles. Yeah, but that's a good case of a, of a sequel that I, I didn't think I wanted because The Godfather was so great in his first incarnation. When they stood down sequel, like what you were saying earlier, Zach, there's a groan in which what you're going to mind now because sequels aren't necessarily new in the movie industry. I mean, if I can remember, last time somebody told me like the first movie sequel is what, Fall of a Nation, which is the original two, well, which was um, the sequel to Birth of a Nation. So mm-hmm. sequels aren't necessarily something new in Hollywood. They do it all the time. But um, I love a good story. And if I think that story has a great beginning and ending, I'm good not revisiting that world, that cast, those characters for forever because it stands on its own. But a lot of cases, that, especially during the 80s, we've seen like horror flicks become sequels that didn't need to extend past that. That one became tired um, without certain action flicks. Yeah, that's one though. The the horror movie thing. That's one that does go back early though, too. Though, I mean, I'm thinking like Bride of Frankenstein. 
and stuff like that. I mean, like, like, I mean, those movies were essentially kind of the first shared universe. If you really think about it also, like, all, like, right. all, like all the universal monsters back in, you know, what was that late thirties, late, you know, late thirties and, and early forties. And they, and they met Abbott and Costello as well. Yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> you talk about all the arc, like around that time was when they were doing like the, like the RKO stuff, but you also had the universal monsters where they basically, like you said, it was all Frank Frankenstein meets the Wolfman meets, you know, Dracula meets Abbott and Costello. Yeah, that's yeah. how it usually works. Yeah, but at, when they keep milking it like that, it because it makes the character stale, doesn't it? I mean, how many incarnations do we have to see that character in different things? You know, I mean, I can understand early on, like before real TV, before TV, in which that's all you got of the character. But in this day and age, when TV, when you have to compete with television or even um, have the market of television to to overly saturate a particular uh, character seem just a, a, a money grab i mean yeah, some- i mean i think i think it's really kind of impossible for any sequel to not have that perception at least somewhat early on i feel like any time i mean right like in very very few instances a movie is thought of from initial green light to be part of a series or part of a trilogy that they know is going to happen right there's the yeah. hope that there's going to be a, a franchise behind this. Right. But very, very like, like I'm, I, but what I'm talking about is like Lord of the Rings, right? Like the fact that Lord of the Rings was, was greenlit as three movies, like is very rare. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So in most other cases you get one movie and then based on the performance of that one movie, you know, is going to dictate whether or not we're going to get another one. Right. No, I just think it's it's funny that when I, when I, you know Tommy's giving this, they're like, well, I don't want to, you know, I'd, I'd rather see a one of the story, and you like characters, but I mean, to me, it, it, when you think back to the idea of sequels, and, and even if it's something for the past movies, we're we're talking about sequels and movies, the idea that you know a lot of times you had stuff like if you go back to like books, like I think of like Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. or you know, you didn't have Bram Stoker didn't write eight, you know, eight thousand Dracula novels, right? Right. Dracula's a, Dracula's a one and done. Mary Shelley did Frankenstein. That was a one and done. But like Sherlock Holmes, you know, you had that was the one that I can think of probably that had the most around that time had the most, you know, stories of that character. Sure. I mean, you have you have some stuff with like Agatha Christie where you have like uh, Hercule Poirot or you have Miss Marple where there were, you know, a continuing story where there was a new mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I think or, that, that's what jumps to my head too is like the Philip Marlowe's and. Yeah, but are those sequels? And what I mean by that is, is it really a part two or just another story or an adaptation of a book that was loved by the character? I get what Sherlock Holmes is, and then it goes back to what I say about the character. The delving into stories concerning the character. But me, I don't really feel they're sequels because they're adaptations of, sometimes they're adaptations of a story, like what you say with Agatha Christie. They adapted mm-hmm. different books with the same character. Are those sequels or just a, uh, another story of the characters? You know? Well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about like like in in book form or in the movie form? Uh, movie form. In the um, movie in the movie form, it the like, so for me that carries over whether or not you have uh, any actors that are carrying over from from one to the other, right? So the murder on the Orient Express, where uh, what's his name, uh, Kenneth Branagh played Perot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're talking about doing another one where he's going to play Perot. That's a sequel to me. That's, okay. that's, that's a cinematic sequel to me. Right. Um, I get what you're saying. As far as the books go, the books is not necessarily the next 
story continuing from where the last one left off. But to me, that doesn't, that doesn't categorize a sequel to me. A sequel to me is just another story. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be a follow-up. What I'm saying though, we were talking about the fact that sequels can feel like they're money grubbing, like they're reaching to pad their pockets by making this other installment. Yes. Right. And I, like, and I think, and I think that it's, it's impossible for any movie to not have that feeling in some way, to have that be the perception in some way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That the hangover came out and the hangover was this movie that everybody felt, uh, uh overperformed what they thought like it took everybody off guard right it surprised everybody this movie made a lot more money than we thought it was a lot more popular than we thought wow let's do another one right Right? like it's very hard for hangover part two to not feel like the uh, in the eyes of some of the audience that like it just feels like you're just trying to get me for more money right i'm watching the same movie over again right i can see that yeah absolutely yeah and so I'm, so I'm trying to ask is like, is like, do, do we need, do we need to be more forgiving about when sequels start being made? I mean, do we just have to understand that like, yeah, it made more money and like, and they're going to do another one. Sure. I mean, we can always vote with your dollar and not go. I mean, mm-hmm. most times, you know, when you see the premise of, okay, you know, we've got the wolf pack back together, they're probably gonna have another crazy adventure where, you know, there, there's a, a, a picture montage at the end that explains the lost time. Right. Somehow they're going to get, they're going to have, you know, they're going to roofie themselves again or whatever. Right. That you know full well you're going to, you know, but again, if you like those characters and you like that setup, I guess you're going to, you're going to get back on. It's like, you know, I guess in some cases, well, that's a bad example because I say it's like a roller coaster, but roller coasters don't change from, from ride to ride. Right. <laughs> they're pretty much the same ride. But then again, you could argue that a, a sequel in some cases is a roller coaster because you're going to, you're going to hit the same beats. You know, you're going to talk about the same stuff, mm. you know. It's going to be the same similar situations, just not exactly the same as the first time around. This is where, so I think, I think it was James Gunn that I saw say this when he was talking about, um, this might've been after guardians of the galaxy volume two came out and, uh, like, so st- like maybe a year after it came out and he was saying that sequels are really hard to make because what it is, is mm-hmm. it's, it is what you're saying to the audience is, I know you like this thing that I made. Right. And we're going to do it again. And the trouble is, is I have to now make this mm-hmm. thing again. That's exactly the same as the thing that you saw that you liked, but completely different at right. the same time. Right. And it's sort of like where the balance and sort of how to make it feel same, but different familiar, but different. Right. So it's yeah. not old hat. So it's not just retreading the same thing over and over again. And I think some, I think some filmmakers are better doing that than others. He James right. Gunn is one of those I thought did a very good job with it in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, where it feels the same, mm-hmm. but it's also a completely different movie. I think, in my opinion, sure, absolutely. I think it's also one of those things where I think it's you know it's a different exploration of different stuff about. But I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like Tommy was saying, it is an exploration of character. You know, stuff we didn't know or stuff that we hadn't you know hadn't been privy to or whatever that makes that that movie great is because we're, we're we're you know if you're not covering new ground and not adding new layers to the characters because i think every character pretty much in that movie has a really nice journey i, I it's what most uh, as most of those marvel movies are sequels 
I think is the one that does the best job of saying from the beginning, from the first movie to the second movie, that we've seen these characters go somewhere, you know, whether it's an emotional journey or whether it's an actual, you know, transformation in another way. I think that's something that those movies particularly do really well that the some of the other Marvel movies don't do. Right. No, I agree. I, it, it feels to yeah. me in, in a weird way, like it's kind of a more direct sequel mm-hmm. than some of the other ones do. Then, then, um, like, like I think like the like Captain America, the first Avenger and winter soldier feel different, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and it's part, part, partly, partly because oh, the first one's a period piece a little bit. It's also, I think a little bit, the fact that you do have a, um, a, a switch in director between the two. Sure. Also, I think that that's important also, but no, I agree with you. I think, I, I think guardians feels like that there was, I, I think more than any of the other ones that he had an, he had an arc for everybody that he kind of set up in the first one. Mm-hmm. You know? Definitely. It's a solid sequel. I mean, I think he had, he came up with guardians too. When he did guardians one, as far as he had it in mind, it being a sequel wasn't any news to anybody. I think a lot of people, or at least any of the Marvel movies were more surprised when there's not a sequel than a sequel being presented. I think everyone has the inclination of all the Marvel films that as soon as they come out, you, you immediately assume there's going to be a sequel just because mm-hmm. of the, um, where they want to take the character or what the character entails and basis a comic book character. Um, it's rare when you get a standalone story for a comic book character and they don't visit. It. So uh, I wasn't surprised with the sequel. So the question is, can he give us the same, um, feeling that he provided in the first one mm-hmm. a lot of people say he did a lot of people say he didn't but um it's you know it's it's not to, it's to be expected i think right mm-hmm. and i liked guardians volume two quite a bit uh, i think a lot of people were so surprised by volume one like he ca- caught them completely off guard so volume two didn't catch them by surprise and then they were like well this feels different because now like i've seen this and one was just such a surprise but as far as Marvel sequels go, I don't think Volume Two was as much a departure over Volume One as like Thor Ragnarok was mm-hmm. over Dark World and and Thor One, which again had to do with a new director and writer coming in for the third volume in that one. Yeah, I I, I agree. And then also, I'll say um, the best example I saw of that is um Alien and Alien Two, when they two different directors, and that's a sequel that no one saw coming. That no one thought it would extend past the initial one. Who's the director of Alien? I'm I'm drawing a complete Ridley blank. Scott. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. And then um, James Cameron. James Cameron. Thank you. Did the second one. I, I if you show those movies back to back, no one would have considered that even being the sequel. But based upon the character and what they delved using the alien is, and they're lucky to get um, <laughs> I can't think of her name. I'm going to wow. Yeah, I need to refer to you guys for names. Jeez. <laughs> Um, that's something that was totally different in execution and even um, how it was delivered to us. Like the first one was damn near what a, a mystery or even a suspense thriller. Well, the mm. first one, well, the second was an action, right? Action horror. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that to me. That's something that I never saw coming. But Guardians two and Guardians one, and and hopefully Guardians three. I see coming. It's uh, it's more along the lines of like what Lord of the Rings done. I mean, not so much as that they filmed it together, but you don't, at no point do you think the story is over when you see the first one. In fact, you get the sense that we're going to get more after the first one, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
a good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Lord of the Rings is is a completely unique filmmaking experience. Like, I yeah. mean, I, I think everything about that was before that. I mean, m- movies, movie sequels had filmed at the same time to save mm-hmm. money where they knew they were going to do multiple ones. Like, you know, like Back to the Future uh, mm-hmm. two and three is is kind of a famous example of that. And I think Matrix two and three also filmed at the same time and everything like that. But Lord of the Rings was different in that. They didn't even make the first one yet. Before they said, we're going to do two and three, they were like, it's three books. We're going to do three movies. And each one, and I remember that first trailer that came out where that first trailer came out like right ahead and like, like it's going to be three movies and we're releasing them three consecutive like Christmas seasons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't like, has, has anything ever been done like that since I'm trying to think. I mean, filming back to back like that, or at least just filming all at once and just cutting it up where they did the whole thing, the entire trilogy, like in one shot. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. None that comes to mind, at least. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I think it was pretty much that was the one that that did it. And then you've had, like you said, there's a sequel, but I don't think they've ever done all three at once. And then, you know, said, "All right, we're gonna do." You know, I think some, I think some, um, some things might benefit from that. I think if they had done uh, the last couple Star Wars movies that way, they might have gotten a better. You know, a better, more coherent, you know, timeline on what they wanted to do, what beats that they wanted to hit. Um, right. Yeah, one was that was um the last Harry, last two Harry Potter movies did that. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true too. Yeah, where they the, okay. the story was so big that they split up like one book into two movies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. But then again, some people also thought that was a cash grab because they didn't want to put it all together in one movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but they couldn't. Have. Well, they could have like what they did with the books, but. I think it was a smarter move on their behalf to do so, um, just because with mm-hmm. each, if you ever, uh, if you ever read the books, each book got like bigger and bigger and bigger. It was the first mm-hmm. attempt at them actually making uh, more of the story that was originally created, as opposed to leaving um, scraps of it on the table and not making a, uh, not putting in the movie. So I right. think I don't think any fan that read the books was mad at that execution. Yeah, but it does seem like a cash grab. Especially with the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it is it was semi revolutionary at the time. I mean, and there was a couple of movies that followed suit after that, that. That that like we got to our big finale book, and we split it up in the in the two installments, um, mm-hmm. and call it whatever you want—a cash grab or or an effective use of 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 the medium. But it was interesting that it that. Cause, cause I think kind of like what Tommy was saying, I think that sequels are not necessarily thought of in that way where they're, they're, they're such a direct follow-up that, that, that this, and I'm, well, I, I'm rambling. I'm trying to say that like, that this is like one story that they just split up in two movies and, and did it that way, as opposed to, as opposed to thinking of them up as one movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do the next installment as a separate movie you know no that's not that doesn't make sense <laughs> i'm trying to make i'm trying i'm trying to make i'm trying to make it right right i'm uh, let me use dark knight returns as sort of like like a model for that because when they animated dark knight returns they did it in two parts right they did they did the part one and part two but it's the whole story right uh-huh. rather rather than do one movie as dark knight returns and do the second sure. movie as dark knight strikes again 
mm-hmm. which is the actual sequel. It's it was it, I like that they gave themselves the elbow room that we're gonna we're gonna take two movies to do this one story, right? Right. That's the mm-hmm. distinction to me is that it's 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 one story told over two movies as opposed to as opposed to a story with a follow up after the fact. Yeah, I got you. You know, I think that that is an important distinction, and Harry Potter kind of started that. No, I mean, I I think that you know the idea of of giving the story a chance to breathe, but you know, I it's one of those, you know, I mean, when you know it's, I I, I guess another good example of that would be like it. Would it be another example of that where they basically had, you know, it in it chapter two and and allowing the story to breathe and, and you know playing around with the timeline of it and all. So they, I mean, again, some people are like, oh, it's kind of you know. We don't need two it movies, but some people were definitely like, "Oh no, the fact that you're able to to see the the characters as kids and, and, and expand on that and see them as adults and expand on that made it a much better two movies yeah. as opposed to one crammed together movie." Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's you know that's another good example there, I, I suppose. What kind of commonalities do you think are present from sequels that that you guys all personally like? Strong character development. Uh huh. Yeah. Like what uh, Frank was saying earlier, I love a sequel that does tells me a little bit more about the character than it did in the previous one. I, that's mm-hmm. why I prefer Guardians two over one in some areas. I like the uh, I, I'm wrong, love one, but I love how it fleshed out Star Lord and what happened to his dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that in that regard. Um. Oh gosh, uh, Terminator and T two. Mm-hmm. I love how. Yeah. The whole uh, how it plays with the whole fact that nah, that's just one attempt, you know. It's the <laughs> whole, you know, here's what she's been doing type. You know, it just brings to light a character. Uh, actually, it's more about Connor, John Connor, really, and which his pathway, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's one thing that I like standing out, or even the Indiana Jones movies. How many adventures has Indy gone on? You know, it was yeah. it was gleaned upon in the first one, and you see how what what it can encompass. But, you know, when he's with Sala and they bring up stories of what they did before, how big their friendship was, it was nice to lean back into it in the um, Last Crusade, you know? Yeah, it, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that's whenever I get a sequel, I, I, I don't want to get a rehash like with, with um, The Hangover, which to me was basically them outside of Vegas, what was it, in Bangkok? as was mm, Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, basically they did the same thing, sung the same songs, ate the same drug. I mean, like, you, you know, it's like, really? But it didn't expand upon the characters, like why they did this. How was what's his name's marriage? It would have nice to see how what's his name's marriage, or let's say one of them goes through divorce. You know, just shake it up a bit, in which you get a, a better telling of the characters and the the craziness of it. Like it didn't explain to me as to why why would you hang out with this crazy person who did that to you the first time? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would have messed with it. it. To me, it'd been funnier if, and this is me on a tangent, <laughs> if he would have done that to a whole group of. A other set of people that were unsuspecting of his actions right right yeah but it, yeah but i don't need the same story being told in a new location with a bigger budget yeah no and it, and that movie does feel a lot that a lot like that and and not not that i dislike the yeah. hangover part two and i think i think that there is some fun stuff that comes out of the fact that they are repeating themselves i i, mm-hmm. I, th- I think i think there's humor to be found in the fact that they're that they're in the same situation again you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, no, and yeah, I think that there yeah. is, I think that there is some relationship building 
and kind of a brotherhood that builds between the like this is something that like a story that only those guys share yeah but yeah but i mean i but but i see what you're saying that it but but it, it's so similar and and in some cases that turns me off and in some cases i'm completely fine with it like 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 another like one that it. i think another one that i think of that's that's essentially the same exact movie again is home alone part two yeah that's what i was gonna bring up <laughs> which which i absolutely love yeah. but it's the same thing it's yeah. the same thing again in another location so you are you bigger with the are you fine with the whole sequel trope bigger and better for the sequel sometimes sometimes that's a that's a good question i mean so what i like about when a sequel does is 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 i like uh i'm I'm with you i like character development uh-huh. i like seeing evolution of and and kind of peeling the onion and learning a bit more about the character but i also sort of like seeing different worlds and i sort of like different set dressing too so i what i appreciate about empire strikes back is mm-hmm. like right from the get-go i'm like wow we're in a completely new spot Mm-hmm. Right. and we've seen in the first movie and it feels a lot different right you know well, I, was gonna say, I was gonna mention that was that's probably one of my favorite sequels the fact that mm-hmm. yet it, it is you know and again it's it, part, part of that's because of Lawrence Kasdan and the fact that you have a completely different writer on the second one than you do in the first one and that a lot of like the spine and through line of of stuff that you get you know that he expounds upon in it you know they still use in mind to this day for star wars yeah you know you know all the stuff with yoda and the jedi stuff mm-hmm. um but but just the fact that you know at the beginning you know you have these characters in one place they get split up you know they're doing different things and they come back together and they're different you know they are they've been on a journey they're different characters at this point and then oh by the way the ending is like what the hell are we going to do now yeah. right which I've all, you know, even as a, you know, even as seeing as a theater as a kid to now, I still have that moment of, I think the closest I got to it. And I think I've said it in another podcast was when you get to the end of, of, uh, infinity war <laughs> and you have that moment of, you know, everyone blown away by the you know dust, basically dust in the wind. And again, that moment of, that's the only other time I can really relate to it in a theater setting was those two experiences where people are just like, they don't know what to do. And not, you know, I've been in other movies where people had visceral reactions to what they saw on the screen mm-hmm. as an ending. But, you know, it's not like, I mean, it, it, to me, it was that was a kind of, they were very similar experiences the fact that people were just kind of, they didn't know, well, we know we're probably going to get a sequel at some point, but how are we going to possibly get out of this situation? Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I, and I think also one of the great things about Empire Strikes Back to me is also how it evolves Han Solo. Mm-hmm. both that we see that 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 like that you know he's coming around to the to the group and and there's a com- camaraderie between him and luke in the beginning when he goes out and saves him and the, and and there appears to be like some genuine care there like right. when they're splitting up like chewbacca like is hugging luke you know which which in the previous movie like you know he's growling at him when he tries to cuff him up for for the charade right. when they're gonna go raid the detention center right so it's like stuff like that, but it also hints at things in his backstory while at the same time, like keeping him completely mysterious. We meet Lando and we find out sort of how he got the Millennium Falcon and things like that, but without going into too much detail about it. And I just think that it's a, it's a beautiful way of, of revealing more without really revealing a ton more. Sure. You know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely way up there for me. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And I think that one does feel bigger and better to, to answer your question, Tommy. But the other, the one that I also 
like a lot as a sequel that I can go back and forth on which one feels bigger is Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Because Dark Knight feels to me in some ways bigger and better because I can kind of see the budget a little more obviously um, um, being used in the Dark Knight. But at the same time, it feels smaller and tighter because it's really all in one location. Whereas Batman Begins, we saw like all the stuff in in Tibet, I guess it was, <laughs> wherever they right. are to be in the, in, the, in the Himalayas and stuff like that. So, so dark batman begins can feel grander scale i think a little bit weirdly okay also okay but you tend you tend to usually like bigger better budgets right in your in your Um, analysis like i want to rattle out a couple of sequels that come to mind that to me there's certain ones that even with a bigger budget i don't care for okay go for it back to the future (laughs) too okay Bigger and better budget. Okay. To me, the first one's much better. Well, sure. I'm so, that's part of the reason was that I think they, they conceived one as a one and done and mm-hmm. didn't anticipate making a two. Uh-huh. And then they basically came up, you know, I mean, you know, they basically came up with a story on the fly yeah. because it did so well. Yeah. Another. And then they had. No, 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 no. I'm glad you I brought that up basically to go Frank because that's one of his favorite movies of all time, Back to the Future. Oh, I love yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, but, but I, 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 but I, I love two and three also. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, not, oh, no I, I like them, bad but movies. I like them. No, but getting back to the criteria is just the fact that it's another adventure with Doc and Marty. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why you know part of the reason why I'm like, cool, I like it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite sequel of all time, but mm-hmm. I do like those movies. How mm-hmm. about how about Batman Returns? Batman Returns, I think, to me, is a substantial drop off. From okay. from from the first one, in my opinion, in my opinion, okay. um, and yeah, and 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 that's a weird one where you can see where the money's being spent, and also you can't because in a weird way it feels smaller, even yeah. though, even though like like I, I had to research this because mm-hmm. like all the sets felt a lot smaller to me on Batman Returns, like like I'm looking at the shot and I can kind of see the way that they're sort of framing things in such a way where they're not going too far off because because i'm assuming in practical in practical means that the set doesn't go on for very long no it doesn't like like the physical set piece doesn't go on for very long so so they kind of cut the shot a little bit to be a little tighter and it feels constrained it feels claustrophobic but then i but then like batman was so successful that batman returns essentially took over a soundstage yeah right so they had actually like more sets and more and and more real estate to play with and everything like that and i just think and and really if you think about the different the number of different locations that they go to it is a lot more okay than the first movie but it feels smaller in a weird way also how about temple of doom ah okay i love i love love parts of it but it's to me it's different it's technically a prequel it's technically right it's technically a prequel okay it is a prequel all right, then let's all right, let's do it in order then. Raiders, Raiders or Last Crusade? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Raider, Raiders and Last Crusade is. T- yeah. I mean, God, depending on the depending on what mood you catch me in, I'm gonna tell you I like one better than the other. Yeah. Uh, um, and today I'm in a Last Crusade mood, so I'm. I'm gonna say <laughs> I think Last Crusade. I think Last Crusade. I may like a touch more. 
I'll Good go with Raiders because of Alfred Molina. But going back to, <laughs> okay. to Temple of Doom for a second, it is funny though because it is a prequel, but it also doesn't work as a prequel because mm-hmm. in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's still like not believing in any hocus pocus mumbo jumbo, and then in Temple of the Doom, he somebody sees somebody's heart get pulled out beating. So yep. it doesn't quite work that way, but it is technically a prequel. No, I agree. I agree. I've always thought that too. I'm like, he somehow maintains to be a skeptic when he should be the least skeptical person of all time because yeah, he's, see, he's seen so much. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. No, but I'm with Frank too, though. I'm with Frank also. We're like, I love, I like, I, the first 35 minutes of Temple of Doom, I think is wonderful. Anything else? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, it. like up, up to the part where they jump out of the plane in the raft. Yes. Fantastic. I love <laughs> and every it. Every kid loves Minecart chase. Every kid yeah. loves the minecart chase. Okay, but but yeah, no. I, there's but but for me, Tommy, there's no. I mean, it's Raiders. Like I would never. I love. I mean, I love parts <laughs> of Devil of Doom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's Raiders all the way. Okay, there's no, there's no, there's no comparison. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, to me, I like. I love Raiders. I, to me, Raiders stands alone on its own. There is stuff in Temple of Doom I would like to see them play with, though. Okay. A little yeah. bit because because there there well, there is there is when they're when they're in Club Obi Wan and he's poisoned and in and there's that big hullabaloo trying to get the antidote and trying to get the jewel and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. He does have the guy that's dressed up like the waiter. I forget, I forget the guy's name. I'm blanking on his name, but he's dressing up as a waiter and he's clearly like an ally of, of Indies. And, and, and when he dies, there's clear dialogue spoken between the two of them. That's like, we've been on many adventures together too. And I would, he's a character I would like to see fleshed out a bit more. Not short also. round. <laughs> Not short round. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll take a short um, <laughs> movie, I guess. That's the, yeah. I, w- I, I, I just want to, I mean, um, all right, to me, it was his Robin. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. And come on, man. Who, who don't want to see what happened to Robin? <laughs> That's why I say short round. I get what you're saying with the waiter, but we yeah. get a glimpse of him, but nothing crazy. Short round drives a car. Yeah. You know, he leaves. So, Imagine how much knowledge he was imbued with right then. Like he's he's obviously not American, but he knows English fluently to the point that he that Indiana Jones relies on him to be the to be the getaway driver. Okay, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean I he's, not, he's not a character I think of that much, but yeah, I mean, if you have a story, sure, okay, I'll I mean, go along. Okay, I mean, shorty, shorty goes on the adventure. Yes, <laughs> like. <laughs> The other guy doesn't. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Shorty lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. That's yeah, why. Sure. That's all. Okay. But no, I get it. I'm just messing with you because I like the uh, there's certain ones that oh my gosh, big and better is just terrible. Uh, but those are the those those are the ones that are like a little defining where they they almost get it right like the first time like they're able to strike lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And those in those incarnations, there's a special moment mm-hmm. in which. You're like, okay, I'm glad that they made the sequel. You know, I'm not grimacing at the fact of they greenlit they greenlit this again for another go round. I mean, there's other examples in my sure. opinion. Shrek two, things like that. I don't, you know, I think Shrek should have been a one and done. Yeah. Okay. I never mm-hmm. saw any of the follow ups. I mean, I'm not willing to go to Back to the Future Part Two with you. Okay. Because <laughs> I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And and I'll kind of not go to bat, to Indiana Jones with you, not because I love Temple of Doom, even though, like I said, I love the first thirty minutes, but I love Last Crusade. Yeah, sure. 
You know what I mean? And if I have to get temple, if I have to eat Temple of Doom to get Last Crusade, I'll do it. Oh, it's not even that. It's just that just knowing that um, the Crystal Skull is coming uh, <laughs> is the is the is the thing that really you're gonna grimace about. But then there's cases what? like I was gonna say like um, I could I could do an entire episode on Crystal Skull. I really could. But anyway, uh, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one I'm looking forward to. I will I will say this. I'm much more willing to accept a, a, an okay sequel in a movie because they're not they're not frequently made than I am say in a, a sequel that's terrible in a comic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause then, you know, we're not really talking about comics right now, but there, there are plenty of comic sequels where I'm like, that didn't need to be made. That was definitely a cash grab and that was awful. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, but I'm much more willing to accept it in a, in a movie because again, you know, it's a bigger production. There, there's only a finite, you know, number of those where comics can go on and on and on. And there could be a story next month that redeems, you know, something that was just garbage. Came out right, yeah. So, well, did you did you have more on your list, really quick? Oh, um, like um, I would say Fast and Furious, but that's a that's a better case. I think. Okay, interesting, interesting case. Go on. I mean, finish your thought, but no, no, because it it, to me it kept beating it down. Like after the first one, I think the first one's classic in its own sense. It's something that I didn't know I wanted, but sure, let's see Vin Diesel in the car. Um. Mm -hmm. The fact that he doesn't even come back for like what two uh after the second one three you have three movies yeah. without I mean, two movies without him no he's not in two he's got a cameo in three and then the fourth and, and then the fourth one is the one where we get everybody back together but it, but the fourth one also has the same title as the first one just with no, all that just with the taken out of it no i thought which one was tokyo drift that's three ah uh, okay you're right i, I it's all it's all about family. It's all I know. <laughs> and, Tokyo, and Tokyo Drift also Tokyo Drift is the third movie, but Tokyo Drift timeline wise is like, like I think after five, <laughs> but before six, it's got a weird timeline. Is it a prequel? It does. Um, it's, it's Tokyo not Drift. a prequel. No, it's not a prequel. I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> no, but it's also one of those. It's one of those movies that, like, that, that I don't think you need to follow that closely for that. But what I will, what I do think is interesting about Fast and Furious, I'm waiting for the will, novel. I, I will go. I will go even far. I'll go further, and I'll I'll add the Mission Impossible franchise to this. Is that I think it's also, <laughs> I think that they're they're movies that figured out what they what works a, a couple movies in, right. So Fast, and, Fast and Furious 5 is kind of the important one where I think it figured out sort of like what's the formula that works and all the ones that have followed since 5 are better mm-hmm. because they're sort of they're all done like they're all unified like sort of in that tone in that voice and in the end uh, Mission Impossible I think Ghost Protocol was kind of one that kind of set up the tone for the rest of them but then also at the same time when Rogue Nation came out and that was the first one that Christopher McQuarrie like wrote and directed and they're all kind of that one and Fallout and the next two that are coming are sort of more direct sequels to each other. Okay. So like, but that but that took like four movies for them to kind of like figure out like, okay, this is this is this is we've kind of found our voice. It's sort of like a it's sort of like a show finding its voice in the first season somewhere where the first episodes are kind of clunky and then you get the the sixth seventh episode and you're like, okay, now it's starting to get good. I get it now. You, I was gonna say I kind of see that with Lethal Weapon. Okay. Mm-hmm. In which they build upon the partnership and just keep building on it and building on it and building on it. Like it starts off with just them two, then in the sequel is Pesci. 
and then and Rene Russo. You know, it just mm-hmm. keeps building upon the idea of what they're developing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Isn't Chris Rock in one of the last ones? Yeah, yeah the fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've never seen that. They, one, they, so. they, did, they did four, but there is talk of doing a fifth one now, again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also kind of a weird um, fad that we're in right now that's sort of like like the sequel to something that's sequel to a franchise that's sort of hasn't had an installment in 20 years. Well, you know why? You know? you know why they didn't make that one? I mean, at least that one. Uh, to me, it's just what are you talking about lethal Mel weapon Gibson. specifically. Yeah, because of Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're but they're what they're I'm they're but they're what they're I'm talking about is there's there's how many years in between Die Hard three and Live Free and Die Hard? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of years in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a ton of movies like that. We're like, like um, Dumb and Dumber between between yeah. Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber two. Well, the Clifton, what'd you say? Tron and Tron Legacy. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. another one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Well, I was thinking, um, um, was it the Terry Chase movies? Um, Vacation? Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. I'd argue, uh, it's, to me, it's, I love Christmas, but the original's still better for me. Right. So, yeah. Again, you know, a lot of times I think I it's, got, it's just a matter of, yeah, we wrote something that we didn't do. You know, we did a movie, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and now it's now we got to do another movie set in the same with the same character set in the same universe, and it's not you know it's it's hard to replicate that. Oh, yeah, okay. but it's but also, Independence Day took twenty yeah. years. Yeah, for that Anchorman took what ten. Mm. Uh, yeah, we got Top Gun maybe this summer, maybe next summer. Right, coming to America yeah. too. Jeez. Ghostbusters, yes. <laughs> yes. No, Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters to me is a weird one for me, at least, just because I like when they play in that universe. I don't think they played in it enough. I mm-hmm. think any um disparaging um people that didn't want it to occur, which made it happen less and less and less and less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, to me, it could have been fun right. if they allowed it to flourish instead of thinking it could be a cinematic masterpiece every time someone thought of an idea whatever that came about so yeah i, I don't mind them coming back to that mm-hmm. good or bad just because i thought i always think the concept is interesting one is star trek yeah i mean the difference between one and two yeah. bigger but well yeah those those are completely different yeah you're talking about the you're talking original cast right you're talking oh, yeah. about the shatner ones not the new ones okay yeah complete yeah Oh my God! You almost think that the first one never mm-hmm. occurred compared to the second. Yeah, but right. I don't know. I, I get the franchise being viable, or or at least someone have a good idea towards it. But how many years is too long? You know, like, do we need a coming to America story? I don't think that we do. That I really? I mean I don't think do that we need yeah. <laughs> I, and okay, and I. I may be the biggest coming to America fan on the planet right now. I could, I could probably do the whole movie for you right now. Yeah. Like a one man show. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go right. happily, but that's one that like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I want a sequel to it okay. because it's, yeah. it's in a good place in my head right now. You know what I mean? And I, and, sure. and, and, and I don't, I don't want them. I, I don't want to see the movie. And then have something revealed that makes me 
look at a scene <laughs> that makes me look at a scene in the original differently. Oh, it's going to right? You know what I mean? I don't want something revealed in the sequel that makes me go, oh, okay. In between these two scenes in the original, this happened. And now I can't unsee that. Right. Yeah. That's but, what I want. That's what I, I don't want. I mean, that's what I don't want. No, it's definitely going to happen. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, just, just the whole the whole premise of it, the whole premise of the second movie, already kind of does that to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, which I guess I should go. The premise of it is that he essentially like has has a child in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That he didn't know about, and that that right there, the premise right there, and is, is a step where I'm like, well, geez, I didn't know he, I didn't think he was hooking up with any of these girls. Yeah. You know. It, I mean? <laughs> It, it, it immediately unseats the first one. There's a scene we didn't see or didn't grasp or weren't privy to that allows a sequel to be made according to the description of the sequel. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think the problem with it too is I think the, the idea that he's hooking up with girls in New York gives credence to what his father was saying when he's like, he's just there to sow his royal oats. Yeah. And the whole point <laughs> of the movie is like, no, he, that's not why he's there. He's there to find the woman that like he's gonna that he really wants to marry that it, and to find his soulmate and the idea that like oh but he is still kind of like hooking up with these girls that like that that are not the right ones yeah <laughs> well so I'm more fearful the fact that if that sequel comes out it's going to be a different type of comedy mm-hmm. where in this one it's 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 not risque but I don't see this new one not being risque just because over time different jokes are funny like you watch coming to America now. Certain things are just timeless. Um, and, you know, it's, it's those good comedies that I think that you can watch over and over again and you'll still laugh. It's like you ever see an old comedic act and it not be funny as what you remember it to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. America doesn't feel that way. But this would almost make it a totally, di- well, no, definitely make it a totally different movie from what we saw the original to be, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, like I'm a, still waiting to see, though, time. at the same time. Like, you know, I, I, I don't want to make a snap judgment on it. You know, I, I have reservations about it, clearly, already. But, I mean, I'm going to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, a, you know, there's another trope in sequels that I, that I actually, like, really like that you don't see too often. But when they do it, I love it. Uh, is the minutes after sequel, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That like that that like the first one ends and then the second one picks up like literally a few minutes after the first movie ended. Like Karate Kid, like Karate two. Kid Part Two, Rocky Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Two, two. Rocky mm-hmm. Two is a good example of this. That like it picks up, like they're in the ambulance, going to the Rocky hospital two. after the fight, and then and they kind of like get into get into a, get into a scuffle like in the in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Incredibles Two that Frank just said. Yeah. Yeah, is that why I haven't seen Incredibles two yet? Actually, really? Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right now. You can watch it tonight. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's another one that took like what sixteen years? Yeah, for that to come out finally. Yeah. Was it ten? I thought was it that long? No, like oh, well, I know it wasn't sixteen years, but still, it was a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I don't know what to tell you on that sequel. It, Quantum of Solace is kind of one of those too. I think. Have I you think. seen Quantum of Solace? I don't I have, have. Mem- much memory of Quantum of Solace. I saw it once. This There's is the tricky of- part to me because Casino Royale ends with him shooting the guy in the leg, right? 
and he walks up with the gun and then he says, you know, the name is Bond, James Bond. And then, and then you know, and scene and we roll credits and that's the end of Casino Royale, right? Yeah, and then Quantum so. of Solace opens up with him and that guy that he shot in the car wow. and they're on a car chase from the guys. Yeah. And like the guy's got like, like, you know, he's, his leg is bleeding. So I think it's minutes after. But this is the thing about it. This is the thing about it though. Like James Bond's in a completely different suit. Right. <laughs> From that, which, which if it is minutes after, I'm shocked that the wardrobe people like didn't, didn't like try and like recreate that suit to make it look, to make, to tie them together more. Well, that's like what, when you talk about getting back to back the future two and three, you know, obviously they didn't, after they wrote one, they didn't consider that they had to write a sequel for two and three. But those when they were when three for, like first came out, there was the option to see it all together as one big movie. In, okay, like in theaters, like it basically was cut, edited so that you get the end of one and it rolls right into two, and then the way that two ends rolls right into three. Okay. Oh, that's an awesome ending. The ending of two <laughs> into three is so good. <laughs> that's it's so great. Yeah. But that but that was at one point when it first premiered you that was an option long before you could do like the marathons they knew now all the time for different stuff that was one of the first ones i remember where you know it isn't they don't the credits aren't roll they don't roll any credits it was just cut together so it was one seamless movie beginning to end hmm. i stopped since those do take since those do take place minutes after i stopped not seeing two okay in its entirety let me say that Yep. Two's got a good ending. That ending's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> I love I'm good. And then I saw three. Don't ask me why. I love three. Yeah, no, I like three. <laughs> Three's, yeah. Three's good. But two, I'm like, eh. I hear you. I think, I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's possibly the perfect trilogy in my opinion. But anyway. Uh, and that was, okay. that was the first time I remember two movies being shot back to back, like Lord of the Rings style. Right. Yeah. 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 And three went into production simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Wait up. Wait up, Zach. You feel Back to the Future is a better trilogy than Star Wars? No, they're both they're both in my category, like perfect trilogy. The okay. original. We're talking about the original Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, I, I don't think I, I don't think yeah. I did this. <laughs> well, just in case. I wish when I met. Yeah, no, no. I want to put it out there. I want to put it out there so I don't get hate mail. Like you love the prequel trilogy? What? Like, <laughs> no, I say let them come. Oh my gosh. But no, I I don't know. I don't know about if I can make that same statement. I'm trying to now. You got me thinking about what's a good trilogy now. Because that's hard to accomplish in itself. Alone it two is. good, three good movies. Mm-hmm. Better mission possible for you? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I would say, even though I love, I love Mission Impossible. I love all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> even two. I do. I love Mission Impossible too. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I brought it up. I love Mission Impossible too, but that, but like, it came out to me like right as also I was discovering John Woo, and then so, wow. so like, like, like just when I was discovering him, and then that movie came out, and 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 you know, and it was essentially a movie about Tom Cruise's haircut, uh, <laughs> also that was blowing in the wind. I, no, I just like I, I love it. I mean, I, I love John Woo too, but I was just fine to stick with Face Off and all of his actual Hong Kong stuff, hard boiled. <laughs> yeah, that. I agree with Clifton. 
Yeah. Yep. No, I'm not. I, no, ultimately, if I'm going to put Mission Impossible two and Face Off against each other, I'm going to say Face Off for sure. But you know, there's some awesome stuff in two. That's hmm. right. Put me down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on record right now. I love Mission Impossible two. There you go. There's um, but there's also another. So I'm I'm throwing another um, category at you guys now that that I think is kind of. Uh, picking up steam now and that's the sequel that ignores the middle installments right okay so so my so my example of this is is um it, it's old superman returns does this right we're like it, it you know it comes <laughs> out and it, and it and it's kind of a sequel to one and two and it ignores three and four right but like but the most recent halloween movies i think did this as well i believe so yeah right and not ignoring it, but I even I'll throw I'll I'll include Rocky Balboa in this <laughs> because there's bits of Rocky Balboa that make it essentially a direct sequel to Number One in some ways. Yeah, it brings it back, right? Rather than right. and not so much it's a sequel to Five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though it does say that in, in those instances it does say that you know the four and five and all that stuff happen or anything, but. Yeah, I think that there's some movies now that are kind of picking and choosing uh, the continuity after the fact now, which I think is an interesting um, dichotomy right now. Right. Because I think it makes the movie going audience kind of like have to do homework a little bit. Potentially, maybe. Okay. All right. Jumping back into your trilogy thoughts. What do you think of the good, the bad, and the ugly fist for the dollars, man? Did you ever see that? I. Which one is the? That's the first one. I've seen the first one. I never saw the second one. Okay. I never saw it for a few dollars more. Okay. Um, you see, the, I mean, you, I think I think the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think just judging from the first to the to the third one, I mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's made leaps and bounds. Oh yeah. As a as a director, just in that period. So I mean, how about Evil Dead? Um, you may have them? to you may have to confiscate my geek card on this. I've never seen Evil Dead. All all. I've never seen any of them. Wow. Okay. Not a, not a minute of any of them. Evil, <laughs> okay. Evil Dead's a funny one because Evil Dead Two is basically just a remake of Evil Dead One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just call it Two, but it's basically the same movie just done again, but more but more fun, but with more lighthearted. Is that a sequel? It's got a two in it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, it does have a two, but is it a sequel? I mean, if I were impressed, it's a remake. Like, okay. it's, it's, I feel like it plays more like a remake than a sequel. Ah, okay, good. In that, in that situation. Ah. But Army of Darkness is definitely a sequel to Evil Dead 2. Yes, yes. Okay. that I will agree with. But Evil Dead 2 is, to me, a remake, not a sequel. They put two on it to make you think it's a sequel, but it's a remake. I guess I don't know. I'm deferring to you guys on this one, but um, okay, okay. But we should, but we should start closing out now. So really quick before before we start wrapping up, is there? Do you guys have an example of a um, movie that deserved a sequel that never got one? Hmm. I'll give you guys some time to think. All right. <laughs> what I'm thinking of is this like i still want a sequel for a sequel that took a long time to get even that sequel and it's what i mentioned before and it's tron legacy i still want another tron movie sure 
Okay. I'll go, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I want that too. Still with a Daft Punk soundtrack. Well, yeah, that was not a bad thing. Are they still able to give it a soundtrack or allow them to make a soundtrack for it? Uh, I feel like they would if they wanted to. They're still going. Yeah. Okay. But we waited like 25 years, I think, for the first, between the first one and the sequel. Mm-hmm. So uh, we might get one in another 15 or so years. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is Serenity. Yeah. I'd love I like to that. see what happened after. Okay. The Firefly movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cause okay. Because they've done a lot of they've done a lot of stuff like in comics and stuff, but that doesn't really nope. Not really, doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> until they're all together again. Yep. Which which will never happen. But I mean, they changed the galaxy. You know what? What the hell? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, I would say it's something it's something pretty obscure, but it's a movie that I do love from um, 1986. It's Running Scared. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> yeah. With with Billy Crystal and uh, uh, Gregory Hines, we'll never get that. Okay. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no we'll never get it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that it's, one. It's, yeah, it's a bu- it's a buddy cop movie. They, they're in Chicago and they're basically they're going to retire and open a a bar down in Key West in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then it's one of those they have you know one last case they have to wrap up with this drug dealer played by Jimmy Smith of all people. Yes. Jimmy Smith's <laughs> playing the heavy for a change, but it's great. They're great together. You would you know I would never think in my lifetime that. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines would be good together, <laughs> you know, in a movie, much less, you know, in anything. But I would love, to, I always wanted that movie. It's like, I always wanted Mo to see what, what those characters actually do based on what, how the movie ends. So, I can see that. Okay. Nice obscure choice over there. I like it. Thanks. I like it. We're going deep on that one. I'm going to, I want a real Home Alone 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. I want one. I don't. I don't care that Macaulay Culkin's in his thirties, almost forty now. I want it still. I want it still with him. You a forty-year-old? I want. I want forty-year-old Kevin McAllister, who goes up against the Wet Bandits yet again. Like (laughs) seventy. Yep. Or eighty. That's what I want. Is he? Is he under house arrest at this point? Yeah, basically. I think. I think that he should be house sitting for his mom. Oh, okay. Right. Either that or he's a screw up and, and, you know, and he's living at home with, you know, like his girlfriend kicks him out and they break up and he's got to move in with mom God. and and the wet bandits just get out of jail and they're finally going to rip off the house that they've been wanting to rip off for 30 years. And then lo and behold, they pick the wrong house to break into again. Uh, No, wait, wait, (laughs) how would a wet bandits be? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> how was the whole Joe Pesci now? I have a twist on that. You want to hear my okay. twist? My twist would be the the bandits, but their sons. Well, they're mad because Kevin put their father in jail. Okay. <laughs> Are they coming out? <laughs> so it's just he took it's my dark. Job. Yeah, hey, the kids movie. <laughs> the only, the only, the only way it would work for me, Zach, is if it were if 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 uh, Joe Pesci's character has died. And now it's Daniel Stern and uh, what's his name from the Wonder Years? Fred Savage. (laughs) (laughs) Being the new Wet Bandits. Okay. I'll go with it. I'll take it any way I can, except for for the version that we got. Okay. (laughs) That's that's just, I mean, there's just something about like, like you're making a sequel and sometimes it works and some, but sometimes when you, you, you recast the main character, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, like, 
you know, I'll end on like Independence Day should have just waited for Will Smith. Sure. <laughs> I should never have made that movie without him. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, though, so uh, any last thoughts on sequels before we go? What are your what are your last thoughts on sequels? Yeah, what are your last yeah. thoughts on sequels? Uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> some are good, some are bad. <laughs> right. All right. But uh, but I'll I'll go willingly more often than not. So okay. So yeah, so that's it for movie sequels. Uh don't forget to check out let me know how it is dot com where we will post notes. Uh, for each of the episodes that we talk about, some of the things that we reference in there, you, we can, um, you know, you can find more information on over there. And you can also listen to some of our back catalog of episodes over there as well. And our comment section is now open also. So if you would like to submit a topic to us that maybe we will use on the air, please do. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And be safe out there. <laughs>